your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brutal. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. If you're looking to optimize your focus and your results in any area, look no further than to Craig Clemens. Craig is one of the world's top productivity experts and the mastermind copywriter behind a number of eight-figure brands. But he wasn't always this successful. After eking his way through school and carrying a reputation for being rebellious and a procrastinator of all things, he began his career in a miserable telemarketing job that would soon change his life forever. He is now an incredibly successful entrepreneur, offering actionable methods to people who are trying to reach the next level in their life, business, or personal development. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show podcast, Anthony and Craig discuss his incredible version of Started at the Bottom, Now We're Here his personal productivity methods and methods to optimize focus, the four steps to mastering any skill, his proven 60-day method for bringing about lasting change in our personal lives, and the two most impactful moments of his entire life, including how being kidnapped and almost murdered by Ukrainian thugs helped create the success he enjoys today. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy Anthony's conversation with Craig Clemens. Hey, everyone. I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks, and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. All right. I am here with Craig Clemens. Craig, welcome to the show. What up? Thanks for having me, Anthony. Stoked to be here. Very cool. Now, today, you're considered to be one of the world's productivity experts, uh, top copywriters. You're the man behind a number of eight-figure brands. But it wasn't always this way. Maybe you could kind of take us back a few years in time. Where were you? How your life was different? And, uh, and, and what was kind of the, the catalyst for propelling you into uh, self personal development. Yeah, so I've had a couple of periods where I've had to kind of rip out, out of the old skin. <laughs> you know, like if uh, I used to have a lot of reptiles as a kid, so I always think about the snake shedding the the you know old uh, skin that's holding me back. So. The, the first one was around when I was in my 20s, and I, unlike most of my friends, didn't do very good in school, um, barely graduated high school. Getting into college was not even a consideration. And, you know, when I graduated, like all my friends went off to fun party schools like San Diego State and Santa Barbara, Arizona. And I was stuck in my hometown I going to some shit junior college, um, taking courses, you know, until like it was certain I'd get an F and then I'd drop it at the last minute, you know, so the F wouldn't count on the, uh, <laughs> on the log sheet. That's my move. And, uh, I mean, you know, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, I remember, you know, going, going to the, uh, 
ATM to get some money out and like you check your balance and it's not enough to get a full $20 bill. So you know, like, they'd be like 14 bucks in there. And I'd be like, well, fuck, I need the 14 bucks. So I'd like hit up my friend. I'd be like, Hey man, can I borrow six bucks just real quick? I'm just going to deposit the six bucks. I'm going to get out the 20. Then I'm going to break the 20. I'll give you your six, but then I can have my 14, you know, and I can buy, uh, buy burritos or some shit. So, <laughs> yeah, I also had a, a, a big issue with procrastination and I was a bit rebellious against the system. I always knew there would be a better way. I didn't know what the hell it was, but I was quite confident that I would find it. And so I thought, you know, oh, this school is bullshit. You know, I'm just going because my parents want me to. Wasn't really learning anything that was exciting to me. So uh, the one thing that did uh, drive me crazy, though, is my friends who had got their shit together at school were having a lot more fun partying than I was at <laughs> San Diego State, living in the dorms, you know. So a uh, couple of years later, I moved down to San Diego State to be like around them. And I remember I'd go to the college parties and they would be like, oh, you go to state? I'd be like, ah, no, I'm just, just here. <laughs> <laughs> Just here because I got a free keg, you know. Uh, and then uh, I was doing telemarketing jobs, dead end stuff. You know, I, I sold everything from tools and industrial supplies over the phone to mortgage, uh, you know, calling up on the, the auto dialer. Uh, have you ever done any type of telemarketing work? I did that exact job actually selling mortgages on the uh, auto dialer. That was like my first college internship and I was, and it was, yeah. it was when everything was super shady, 2004, 2005. And like they're writing loans to anybody that'll, you know, that'll sign up. Uh, so yes, that exact job actually. <laughs> and those are about the exact, like, I think I was like a year or two before then. And as you know, that dialer, it's like plugging yourself into a torture device, you know, it's just like one call after another, after another, and they all tell you to fuck off. So yep. it's like, it's like jumping into a fuck you device. Yeah. You know? really uh, but you, know, you build up some grit and you learn to like talk in different cadences and ways that grab attention and like, you know, defuse the situation. Um, so it was some, some learning and, and, uh, I had to have some perseverance to get through it, but I wasn't making any money. And then I got really fortunate. And then I had a guy who was kind of a friend of a friend, but I found out he was making a lot of money on the internet selling an ebook. And I didn't even know what an ebook was at the time, um, but he had written a book for men how to meet women. And it was called Double Your Dating. So this, and is, this is Evan. This is Evan Pagan. Yep. And I, 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 I remember talking to him on the phone. I was like, what, what is this, you know, what do you, this ebook thing you're selling? And he's like, well, it's a file. And I send them the file and then they print the book at home. I was like, okay, so you, you send them air. You don't actually send them anything. He's like, no, no, I send them information. I was like, well, how much do you charge for this? He's like, I charge 39 95. I was like, okay, so you charge 39 95. You don't send them anything. So you're basically like, getting ready to go to jail is what you're saying. Cause you're taking money for nothing. And he's like, no, no, it's information. It's called an information product. I was like, I don't know, man. That sounds a little, that sounds even shadier than this telemarketing I'm doing. <laughs> uh, but you know, he was making good money. And I talked to him a couple months later and like he had gone from making 4,000 a month to 70,000 a month. And I'd never even heard of anyone making 70,000 a month. You know, I thought if I like at the time could make six grand a month, I'd be a God. So, I told him, I was like, I'll come work for you. I'll shine your shoes, whatever, you know, yeah. hire me. <laughs> yeah. 
Was that jump, did he figure out paid ads and how to get them working for his book? Or do you know what allowed him to go from 4K a month to 70K a month? So paid ads were certainly a part of it. But one of the biggest jumps was he went from selling just the ebook up front to record, doing a seminar, weekend seminar, videotaping the weekend seminar, so three days of training. And then he packaged that up into a DVD program called Advanced Dating Techniques. And then he was selling that uh, for a couple hundred bucks, I believe. And that was a, so his first back end product. So then people would spend $40 in the ebook and a good percentage of them would go on to invest in the Advanced Dating Techniques program. And that's what really took it to the next level from a uh, revenue standpoint. All right, cool. I, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. I was like, that, that's a huge jump. And I know there's a lot of people now selling ebooks looking to make something. Yeah. What if you think about it too, it's like you're still paying the same to get all the customers in if they're, they're seeing the ebook first. So anyone who buys the advanced course is kind of like free money, you know, because yeah. you don't have to pay any extra money to acquire that customer. You've already got them in on the ebook. So it's a huge jump in profit by adding back-end products to a business. I you love know, it. People do that in different ways. You know, you see a lot of the uh, subscription model things like the Dollar Shave Club, you know, they, they can't run paid advertising at, uh, just on someone buying a, a, you know, a $1 razor, right? And I mean, they, you know, they do little upsells and things like that that makes the average package like I think, you know, 10 or $14. But then the customer's on a subscription. So every month they're getting a new pack of, of razors and shaving stuff. And they only had to pay to acquire that customer once. So that's the, the, the kind of hack in business that is, is obvious to me now. But at the time, I met this guy, Evan, and he was teaching me this stuff. And I was like, whoa, man, like that, it's like new ways of, of looking at the world and, and commerce. And, and I hadn't thought about this type of stuff before. And I, it really piqued my interest. I got really excited learning about this uh, side of business that I later found out is, is called marketing. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So and actually, if you want to speak about, about hacking, right, since this is, this uh, podcast is about hacking, biohacking secrets, you know, uh, so uh, I went and I, I finally convinced Eben to get me a job and he taught me all, all of his marketing skills and, and how to write uh, sales copy, which is, the words that get someone to invest in your products and services. You know, it's the, like, not the, if you take the dating advice book, it's not the words in the book that tell someone how to go and get dates, but it's the words on the webpage that they'd land on that would say, hey, man, are you out of luck with the ladies? Well, I've figured out a few things that can let you get as many dates as you want, especially with those high quality women that most guys don't have a chance at. And I put them all in this book. You know, I was learning those type of words, which is called sales copy. And, you know, learning these, these things, I didn't realize at the time, I thought this was just regular business, but now I've been around the business world for a while. And, you know, flash forward 15 years, I do a little bit of uh, angel investing in new startups. And it's amazing how many of these businesses are, are coming up that have no idea how to do marketing at all. and when I lend my marketing or anyone, it doesn't have to be me, but someone who knows mar the skills of marketing and conversion, which is specifically getting the, the 
person to go from a, a viewer to a customer, those skills, when you put them on a business that has a good product and a, and a good operation system in place, are literally magic. And that's like the biggest hack there is, is, is going into, you know, a business sometimes and just adding in some some marketing spice. Very cool. How did you get Evan to give you a job? You know, he didn't need a telemarketer. Great question. <laughs> he he didn't. Uh, <laughs> so I I was I would literally said, hey man, I'll come be your assistant. I'll do whatever you want. And he didn't want anything to do with me, but he was sending out. Uh, in this business, I went and looked at his website, and it was a simple website that would ask for your email address. And when people put in their email, it would send out an email newsletter three times a week that would have dating tips and advice. So it would be like, hey, Anthony, here's my best place to take a girl on a first date that sparks easy conversation. It's not going to get awkward. You don't have to spend a lot of money to do it. It's called yoga class. Take her to yoga class. You know, Here's how to do it. Here's what to say to her. By the way, if you want more tips like this, check out my ebook, Double Your Dating. So he's sending out three of these newsletters and one might be like, you know, how to kiss a girl without getting rejected, you know? And I'm reading them, I'm like, I could write these tips. So one day I stayed home and I, uh, uh, one night, I remember it was a Friday night and it was rare for me to stay home because, you know, I lived like San Diego, I was $2 drink night, right? Maybe I didn't have two bucks, that's probably what it was for a drink. Uh, so I stayed home and I wrote one of these newsletter tips and I be, was careful to write it in the exact writing style that Eben did. And he had a pen name for this business. The, the pen name was David D'Angelo. And he'd sign all the emails, your friend, David D. So I wrote this email and I remember what it was called. It was called Two Tips to Kiss a Girl. And I had like two tips and I, I don't remember what the tips were. Um, probably something about having a breath mint or something. <laughs> I don't remember. But I remember I, I wrote this thing. And I, if you want more tips like this, check out the ebook. Signed, your friend, Craig C. And so I sent that to Evan, and then I got an email back a couple of days later. It's like, okay, now we can talk. That was the moment. All right, nice. So you, you were willing to put in the work first just to have an opportunity to possibly get your foot in the door. Yeah, I remember he told me that every time he sent out one of those newsletters, he would make $4,000 in sales. And I remember when I wrote it at the time, I thought, you know, if uh, I was like, I asked, well, I asked him before this, I asked him, I was like, isn't that hard work writing three of these things a week? He's like, yes, it is. So <laughs> I was like thinking, I was like, if I could write just one of those, it'd take a load off his back. And if I could get him to give me 10% of the sales, that would be $400 to just write a simple thing. And if I could do that once a week for him, that'd be 1600 bucks a month. That would be life changing money. That would pay my car payment my rent and have some $2 drink night spending. <laughs> so that was my incentive at the time. Very cool. Very cool. So, and he, he said, let's do it. He said, well, he, he did me one better. Actually. He said, you know, I don't want you writing the newsletters. You're, you're, you're okay, but you're not good enough yet. But I get a lot of emails coming in from guys that want to know, Hey, will this book help me get my ex back? Or, you know, is it going to, help me. I'm 35 and just got divorced. Like, will it work for a guy like me? Uh, a lot of questions from potential customers. He said, I want you to answer these questions that come in and tell them they can buy the book and find the answers. And if not, uh, you'll refund their money. And so I started doing that for him. And then I also started finding link partners. And what that means is back in the early days of the internet, 
the more sites that you had linking to your site, the higher you'd show up in the Google rankings. So I'd find another site, like let's say like, uh, you know, Carrie's Dating Tips for Women. And I'd be like, hi, Carrie, my name is Craig. Do you want to trade links? We'll link to you and you link to us and we'll both look better on Google. (laughs) So half my day was writing those emails, trying to get links and half the day was responding to people. And you know what, actually, since, um, you know, I want to give as many productivity and and, and, uh, focus hacks as I can, I learned something from a guy on the team when I had that position there that I still use to this day. So I did log into the email thing every morning. And I remember you, you if you use the Outlook mail, it would like download off a server, right? So I'd, I'd go and I'd download it. And then I would just like know that the fucking cascade of questions was coming. So I'd open up my computer in the morning and then just go pop, 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 dozens of customer service questions. I'm like, fuck, man, this is going to be the longest day ever. But I'm like, you know, 50 to 100 of these things I'd have to answer a day. And one of the guys that worked at the company, his name was Farmer. He just gave me this little like visualization thing. And like, it sounds so silly that, you know, you wouldn't even think it, it would work, but it does. And he said, you know, when I have a big task in front of me and I got to do a lot of stuff like that, I like to picture myself like a samurai and I'm standing in front of a field of huge grass and I got my sword and I just got to chop, 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 chop and keep chopping until I get all the way through that field of grass. And Anthony, I like today, this day when I like go to my personal email and I got a bunch, I, I put on, I turn off the internet and I use Gmail offline so new ones aren't coming in and it's just got a nice interface. I use Gmail offline on the Chrome that lets you like look at the emails one by one and I'm just like chop, 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 till I'm through all the fucking emails and it's great, you know? I love that, especially because it's so disheartening when you're responding and they're coming back in and you're like, ah, I'm not making yeah. any progress. That Gmail offline is huge. Yeah, you whack-a-mole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Awesome, awesome. So that's a great tip. Thank you, Farmer. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm working for him and I, I was doing that and then he started teaching me more of the marketing techniques and, and uh, kind of like the uh, – um, what's the word when you have something uh, that's been established best practices, you know, because there's things that you do that have been figured out decades ago that still work today. So like having that lower priced uh, ebook as what's called your front end product. And then the higher priced video course, which is called your back end product, you know, like that's a base basic, like best practice in marketing that everyone does. And it's, it's done a lot because it's proven to work, you know? So Evan started training me in all these things and his company was very exciting to work at because we were putting all these things into practice live and in a new format, because a lot of the things have been figured out, like in the days of direct mail where, you know, people would open their mailbox and find an ad in it for a dating book. And then they'd buy the first book. And then with that book would come another long sales letter uh, type advertisement that would sell them on ordering some DVDs next, you know, but now this was all being automated on the, on the web and on email. So it was really exciting to be a part of that. Uh, um, you know, paving the way for marketing on the internet is really what Evan was doing. And I was, I was just a student and watching, but getting to be a part of this really exciting thing and using a lot of the uh, methods that have gone on to help me with my current business and, and 
uh, that I now teach to other people. Can you, can you kind of compare and contrast where you were at this time when you're working for Eben in terms of like your structure, productivity, routine, and then what you saw Eben doing that maybe influenced you? Yeah, that's a great question. So everybody worked from home, myself included. And that was a big turning point for me. You know, I talked about the two turning points I had in my life, right? And this is the first one. We'll, we'll dive into the second one later. That's That one's pretty fucking freaky. That happened when I was about 31 or 32. So back in this time, I'm about like, I think 23 or 24. And everyone worked at home and I was a fuck off. You know, that's why I got bad grades in school and wasn't able to, uh, you know, even like the, the telemarketing jobs I had, like some of them were real companies. Like one was selling credit card merchant accounts and the guys who put in the 40, 50 hour weeks were making hundred grand plus a year. And I would just go in and work like six hours a day and like then go out drinking that night and show up at 11 a.m. the next day, you know, and like I was doing okay, but like I wasn't getting the good leads because the bosses thought I was uh, not, you know, serious about the job. They were right. <laughs> and, you know, that was just like up until I started working for Eben, like I was just like, it was really uh, hard for me to get into uh, work mode. I just had never had, even in school, like I would just, what, what, I was notorious for not doing homework. I was pretty good at taking tests. I could like do okay on the test enough to like graduate the, to the next grade level, but the homework was what I was bad at. So I start working for Eben and he starts handing me books on marketing and, and customer psychology and things like that. And I got really into them. And Eben had the biggest library of anyone I'd ever seen. He had like a whole like, uh, wall in his house was books I should say his apartment he didn't have a big didn't even have a big place but one whole wall was dedicated to books and he would read so much and I I started reading as well and I was really interested in the material so that helped and then around this time I kind of stopped listening to music because uh, Eben was giving me marketing audio programs from legends like Joe Sugarman and Gary Halbert and Jay Abraham or some of the great marketers of of uh, days past. And I would listen to those in my car while I was riding down the street instead of like listening to music. And I remember uh, a typical day for me, I'd like cruise around in my truck, be listening to like, uh, you know, the 22 laws of marketing by Al Rice and Jack Trout. I pull into uh, Chipotle uh, with my David Ogilvy on advertising book. And then I'd you know, be in line, like while I'm waiting in line, I'm reading my advertising book, you know, I get up, I order my burrito, I take it back to my thing, I'm eating the burrito while I'm reading the advertising book. Couldn't afford guacamole back then, but, uh, you know, still was a Chipotle fan and um, just full immersion. And that was when I got the first uh, taste of how powerful the immersion process is for human learning you know it's literally like uh, everyone know is familiar with that scene in the matrix where neo gets the thing like plug into his brain and you can actually do that in real life and it's called immersion and that is having the read, reading the books all the time be going on the forums participating in the forums having conversations with other people who are into the same things you know you got to like dive all the way in and uh, i've actually um I've come up with a, a four-step process for mastering any skill. And I posted this process recently on my uh, social media. 
And I had musicians write me and architects and people in all different industries and, and spaces saying like, yeah, that was how it was for me too in mastering the craft. So I'll, I'll give you the four steps Please. now and hopefully this will help some people. Yeah. So the uh, first step is that immersion. It's getting all the way fucking in, you know? And that's one of the reasons why I tell someone, if you want to get really good at marketing, you should go work at an ad agency or at a marketing company first. You know, it's tough if you're like, have a nine to five job that's like, uh, you know, let's say uh, working at a, uh, I don't know, enterprise rent-a-car or something like that, you know, and then like on the, at night you're studying marketing and hoping to start a marketing business. I say go work at a marketing company, even if you're not doing marketing at the company, if you're just doing like operations or things like that, but just being around that marketing world, you know, because then you're getting paid to learn and you're immersed in it, right? So, yeah. and, and about that, that one is immersion. It, it's, I, I think a lot of times, like we're hesitant to immerse ourselves or like become obsessed with something because it has this negative connotation. Like immersion to me, at least is kind of obsession. It's like making it everything Absolutely. you do and like every waking moment, you're like, how do I absorb more and be like a sponge in this? And I think this notion of like everything must always be balanced in our lives prevents a lot of people from taking your first step. Absolutely. And, and you know, I did this for, for a number of years and like when I started listening to music again, I was like, fuck, this is nice again. You know, like I missed out and and. Some people would say like, oh man, you got to give your time, your brain time to heal. And I do that myself too. Like I've, I've gone over the edge lately. Um, not, I don't want to go too far on a tangent, but like lately I, I started doing like at the gym, I was listening to podcasts and then I'd be still like um, doing the like uh, um, every night before bed, I'd try to like read an article of wisdom and all this shit, you know? And then I'd like when I meditate and I'd just find all this like stuff going through my head. And I just wasn't giving myself enough time with myself. So I stopped the podcast while I was running at the gym and just went back to music and got to be like more with my own thoughts. And I think that is good uh, also. However, when you're first jumping into something, man, put the fucking uh, go like you're going on the dialer, like a telemarketer, you know, and instead of uh, like putting yourself in the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the fuck you helmet, <laughs> people hanging up on you, you know, you're putting on the helmet of positivity and like hearing all kinds of positive stuff get into your life, you know, cause like you are what you absorb man. you really yeah. are. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So step cool. one. So, uh, okay. So step one is immersion. Step two is application. All right. Cause if you're taking in all this shit, but you're not doing it yourself, you're not going to get good at any good at it. You know, I don't care how many, uh, like you could have John Mayer, sitting in your house for a year, like teaching you guitar. Uh, but if you don't have a guitar in your hands and aren't playing the shit like while he's there, and especially when he leaves, you're not going to get any better at guitar. You might be able to talk the talk. You might be able to like participate in the guitar forums, and, like blow people away with your forum knowledge. And I think we all have seen a lot of this. We participate in forums like these like disc uh, keyboard jockeys, you know, that have a lot to say, but like when it comes out to actually doing it, they can't actually do it. There's a lot of that in the copywriting and marketing world actually, but yeah. it's the application, man. So Eben told me when I was 24 or 25, he said, if you can produce 10 pages of hard hitting sales copy every single day, I'll make sure you're making at least a hundred grand a year. And that was motivation for me. So I had the immersion thing going, but he could tell, he could tell that I wasn't focused on the application part of it, you know? So he gave me that and he said, I got to do it for six months. And 
So I got to writing and I started pounding out 10 pages a day. That's a, that's a lot of fucking writing, you know, but I set that goal for myself and I I did it. And I I not only got the six figure raise, but at the end of six months, I was a pretty fucking good copywriter. You know, I was uh, able to, to write things that would keep up on a, on like a conversion level when we mail a list that were just like, you know, making the, the shopping cart go pop, you know, that's okay. So that's what I was going to ask. Like so many questions are coming up as you're doing this. Uh, oh yeah. Just real quick, real quick before you ask, yeah. I just want to say one thing. The other great thing about working at an actual company is you get to see your shit tested. Whereas if you're just by yourself doing it on your side, you're writing, you never get to see actual results from it. Very cool. Very cool. And like, so 10 pages of hard hitting sales copy a day, how long on average did that take you to bang out? And was it self-directed? Were you like, I'm going to write sales copy about this? Or was Evan like, write it for an email newsletter or write it for some of our products or affiliate shit? Did you have some direction there on where to focus your energy? Yeah, I had tasks on where to focus. And this is the surprising thing, though, is when I would, I, I would, he told me this, I was like, fuck, man, I'm going to be working like 12 hour days, but I'm going to do this. It's time to grow up. No, I was, I could get it done in like, you know, four or five, six hours. Because when you're in the zone, you're in the fucking zone and you're just like producing, you know, and I've got some techniques around that too, that uh, we should, let's dive into later about yeah. once you're, once you're on the path, you know, and how to keep yourself in the zone. Um, but yeah, that's uh, so that, but that was the, the second part was that application. It was doing it. And I was doing it five days a week. Some people say you should do seven. I think five is fine. I don't think any less than five though, you know, and I even find now in my business, I have a lot of different roles uh, as far as like, you know, operations and, and, and marketing and all that, but I still do a lot of writing. But if I'm like writing in a zone for five days and then I take like three days off and get caught into meetings and all that. When I get back to writing, it's it's tougher to get back. You know, it's it's I'm best when I'm like in that zone and, and writing at least five days a week. Okay, cool. That's that's good to know too. This is great. I'm loving this, Greg. Thank you. Keep on. Yeah. Okay. So number three is mentorship. All right. Number three is finding a great mentor. So you can write till the cows come home, but you are never going to be a good critic for yourself. And I think this is true of whether it's playing a musical instrument or working out at the gym or, uh, you know, any type of other skill that you're trying to master, you know, learning a foreign language, you can't tell if your own accent's any good, right? Yeah. So you have to have a mentor that looks over you and tells you when you are hot and tells you when you suck, you know, and that, that was what I had in Eben guiding me along. And I remember, uh, you know, I, I would... Um, well, I remember there's one pivotal moment in my mentorship with him and I was writing some good stuff at the time. I was on fire. I was in the zone. I was immersed. I was doing the, the work and I used to have to write a, uh, a sales promotion for, um, the, the monthly interview that would come out. So this is before podcasting days. And he would do an interview once a month and people would subscribe on a uh, $30 a month to listen to this interview with a new expert every month. Um, you know, nowadays people have to podcast for free, but back then you could get paid. <laughs> but uh, no, but uh, uh, that, that was just like, uh, you know, that was another part of the business. 
And I, every month I had to write that promotion. So he'd interview the guru. I'd listen to it and I'd write the promotion. And so he had you listen to the whole thing. Yes. Yes. And get the like nuggets that people were going to learn. And I'd write down like, Hey, you're going to learn in this interview. Uh, you know, Evan's guest, uh, uh, mystery is going to reveal the seven words to say to a woman at, at a nightclub that, you know, free up a conversation with her, even if she's talking to another guy, you know, stuff like that. And they'd be like, Oh, I want to find this. I gotta, I'm going to sign up. So I wrote one and I thought it was really good. And I sent it to him and he would always give the eye before it got mailed out to the list. And he, uh, I get a message from him and it's like, Hey, are you around right now? And I was like, Oh, he loved my, uh, my sales promotion. He's going to tell me how awesome it was. Yeah. You know? So I was like, he's like, can we talk on the phone? And I was like, wow, he's, maybe he wants to give me a raise. <laughs> and he, so I get on the phone with him. He's like, uh, Hey, so, you know, this, this, uh, promotion that you wrote, it's pretty good, but it's very formulaic you know, this intro that you used is, you know, kind of straight out, out of the same thing that we've used in different stuff before. And like, it, it it's pretty good, but, but you're better than this. And I'd like to see you think out of the box more and, and try to try to hit the next level. Cause right now, like this is like, you're writing very good, like B level stuff, but you should be writing a level stuff. And I was like, whoa, because I thought this thing was really good, you know. And I remember the, the headline formula I used. And it's a common formula. And it's, uh, it's, like, it's an if-then formula. So it's like if you're interested in X, then this, Y, 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 you know. So I started off and it was like, hey, if you're interested in getting more dates with sexy women, then this will be the most exciting thing you read today, Right. And like, they, I use that because it's, it's been used forever. It's like one of those best practices thing that, you know, is going to get like a decent response, you know? And Evan's like, yeah, this is, this is good, but it's cookie cutter shit. You're better than this. You know, like think about the guy, like this isn't going to a new customer. This is someone who's been on our email list for a long time. He might own a, one of our products or two already if he's still reading along. And if he's still opening the emails, he probably doesn't have a girlfriend yet. And it's Friday. You're sending it out on a Friday night, you know? So like maybe think about all those things together and what would you say to this person now? And I was like, okay, let me think about this, you know? And I, I sat back to write and I, you know, I, I wish I had the exact piece, but I, I wrote something like, uh, you know, like it started like, instead of like a, Hey, if you're going to do this, this is really sensational. It's kind of like, uh, Hey man, it's David D'Angelo here. And I, you know, it's Friday night and I wanted to, wanted to talk to you about something. It's, it's a little personal today, you know, and, and, and first of all, I want to just say, I know that, you know, if you're reading this, you've probably been with me for a while. You might own, own one of my products or two. And I want to say thank you because, you know, I've put a lot of work into this and I appreciate you. And, and, you know, I, I want you to know that I've been in your shoes. Like if you're reading this on Friday night, like I've been a home alone on a Friday night and I've also been in a, place where I bought courses and books and things like that, that, that like, we're going to improve my dating. And sure enough, they helped a little bit, but like, there was this bigger thing, this bigger picture and vision I had for myself that I wanted to get to. And, you know, I wanted to figure out how to get there for myself. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about tonight.
da, da, da. you know so like see it's like just like so like more personal next level you know instead of just like some like cookie cutter thing you know so i rewrote it and i sent it out and it did great it was one of the best promotions ever which just got me to realize that there's always a next level and you often need a mentor to point out the holes in your game and show you how to get to that next level you know so that's step three of my formula and that's another reason why if you want to get great at marketing i say you should go work in a marketing company or an ad agency um this may turn into a shameless plug to get people to come work with me at golden hippo where i'm <laughs> building the best team of marketers in the world but uh, for real though you know i mean when you get paid to train and have a great mentor looking over your shoulder it's like there's nothing that can compare to that you know it's like uh, that's that's like it's a recipe for success that's hard to beat I dig it. I dig it. And what would you say, like, in that example where you wrote the, you know, the standard if then, that, that's kind of the direct marketing type, tried and true. And then what went through your head before you wrote the example of like, I'm here on a Friday night? Like, was it the, um, the empathy that you had where you just kind of put really put yourself in the shoes of the prospect? Yeah. So the best, actually, fuck, fuck that, that. The only marketing that works starts with the prospect. Mar marketing that fails usually starts with you. It starts with what you want. It starts with a product idea that you think is really cool. It starts with the things about it that you really like. It starts with the things about it that like fix your problems or benefit you. And that fails every time. The stuff that wins talks to the prospect. It talks about their needs, hopes, wants, and desires. The stuff that keeps them up at night. The dreams that they've had that they haven't been fulfilled yet. Because, like, at the end of the day, no one really wants your fucking product. That's actually the thing that, like, people need to understand, you know. I mean, like, like we could use your thing as a, as a case in point, man. Like, uh like, I, I, as I, I told you before we jumped on the Skype, I got your book and I'm reading the shit out of it and I am applying things in there. But I don't want to read a fucking big ass book. I don't want biohacking secrets. I want energy. I want better, uh, you know, more regular bathroom trips. I want more like, you know, punch in the bedroom. You yeah. know, I want a happier, more fulfilling, exciting life. You know, that's, that's what I really want. That's why I'm going through the book. And when you're creating a product, forget about marketing it. You got to think about this when you're creating a product. You know, that's why when I talk to folks, like people ask me for like sales copy advice, like how can I sell something? You know, you got to take a few steps back and like, what are you trying to sell? Like, do people even want this shit? Does it even speak to people's dreams, hopes, and desires? Does it solve problems or is it just like something that they you know is a, is a luxury item you know because it's always easier to sell something too that like solves a problem that someone has so yeah. that's something important to keep in mind nice nice yeah so here's a little exercise for those of those folks who are thinking about starting a business or have a business or are selling products or whatever um to get yourself in the customer's head write an autobiography as them picture who your ideal customer is Maybe if you're, uh, you know, biohacking secrets, maybe it's a guy who's 43 years old. Uh, he's got a couple kids, you know, um, and he's just not feeling as, as, as uh, um, 
punchy and, and energetic as he was in his, his 20s and 30s. And he's wanting to get some of that juice back. And, and, you know, he's starting to see some gray hairs and things like that, you know, and he wants to revitalize. So sit down and write that autobiography. You know, say, my name is, is Joe uh, Scarpola. I live in New Jersey and I have two kids with uh, my wife who is fantastic, though I haven't been feeling like I've been as good of a father lately because like I can't, you know, go hiking with my kids up the hills they want to climb. And then I get home and I'm too tired to have sex with my wife, you know, and I want to get some of this vitality back. And every time I look in the mirror, I feel like I notice a new bald hit spot in my head. So, you know, I like, I, I'm feeling that like my time to shine is over and I want to know, like, is that true? And is there anything I can do about it? You know, I go to work every day at, uh, uh, you know, the, the, FedEx office where I'm shipping packages day in and day out. And the younger guys there are able to get bigger loads than me. And I'm wondering if the, if like when the next raise time comes up, maybe the boss is going to look me over and give one of these younger guys a raise. Cause they can, uh, you know, do more, uh, packages than I am and have like sharper than mental capacity than I am. You know, I found myself getting tired without drinking coffee all day long through work. And like, I don't know what to do, you know? So that's what I'm looking for right now. And that's that I'm hoping to discover. So you see how all those little details and shit, you know, yeah. like it gets you really in the head of that person. And then here's the, here's the thing. So when you sit down to write your promotion, don't write it to you, write it to that person, right? Talk, talk to them and their ho hopes and dreams and desires. And then here's another high level tip when it comes to marketing and conversion that a lot of people screw up. When it comes time, after you're talking to that person, and you tell them the benefits of your product and how it's going to help them, and it comes time to ask that person for the order, a lot of people get way – this is the place where the amateur uh, writers get too caught up in the marketing techniques. So you might be like, hey, Joe, you know, as you can see, my product fits all your needs, but I was only able to print out – 37 copies of this book. And if you don't grab one in the next 24 hours, like it's going to be gone and you're going to die, you know, for lack of energy and focus. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I've reserved, you know, copies just for you. And like, you know, I've cut the price all the way down. It's not a hundred bucks. It's not nine ninety nine. It's three ninety nine. You know, I can get you caught up in these hype and like these like marketing techniques. Right. And it feels very slimy and, and uh, like, you know, salesman. Right. So instead of doing that, I say, write the autobiography as though you are that person. Then when you set up your marketing, make it speaking to that person as a human being, one-to-one, -one, speaking directly to them. And now here's the, here's the kicker. Here's the twist, all right? That person, that, that person, Joe, the 43-year-old man that you're writing to, that is, is an avatar, he's not just some random guy anymore. This is your brother that you really care about. And you know that what you have solves his problem and is what he is looking for. So let me ask you this, Anthony, like, uh, if you met, um, do you have any brothers or, or, uh, yeah. Sisters or yeah. So I have a younger brother that works with us and handles a lot of our copywriting. So, I mean, he's going to be listening to this as soon as we're done. Okay. So let, I want you to imagine this. All right. So you're, 
uh, specialty is in human performance. You're one of the world's best in human performance. I don't know what shape your brother's in, but let's just say for conversation's sake that he's not in the best shape and he's slacking and getting overweight and like having some medical problems and things like that, right? Let's say you, you are out at a bar and you meet someone that has the same problems and you have the answer because you're a human performance expert. You've spent years studying this shit, right? And you're having two conversations. One is with the random dude you met at the bar that has the problems. And then later that day, you meet your own brother that has the problems. Who are you going to sell harder on your biohacking methods that are going to get them back in shape? Brother. Right. Because you care about them. Yeah. It's coming from a place of compassion. So I call this compassionate closing. And compassionate closing is coming from a place of, of caring about the person and when you care about the person, not only do you, you, you drop all the slimy shit, you speak to them more one-on-one, but it's a, it's a harder close, but in a better way. It's a, it's a warmer close. It's more caring, more compassionate because it shows you really care about them. So instead of telling Joseph, like, hey, Joseph, I got 37 copies of this left, you know, and now when it comes time to tell Joseph the order, it'd be like, hey, man, Joseph, like, so... You know, I don't know exactly where you're at now, but like, if you know my story, when I was suffering from Lyme disease, like my life was, it wasn't a life. I was dead. I was a walking skin of skin and bones. And, and it just deprived me of like the basic like health and happiness and, and, and memories that I could have made during that time. And, and I've seen so many people that let themselves go and just get like, you know, they think that they don't have to take care of their health. And, you know, they look down, maybe they're a little overweight or like having a little, you know, a little bit of caffeine to get through their day. And like, it's okay then. And then like, I've just seen too many people like see it slowly creep up and then explode. And pretty soon they're like, you know, laying in a hospital bed or, you know, wondering like what the hell happened and when they could have done something. And it's because they like didn't take action at the beginning when it was top of mind for them and when they had it in front of them and then it was too late, you know? So like if you're at all considering stepping up your life and, and taking control of your health back, I'd, I'd really like to invite you to join me and, and check out this program, you know, because I, I, I designed this from a place of caring from experience I've had in my own life and helping my clients that have been where you are. You know, hundreds of people have been in your shoes and I've designed this with the exact steps to get you into a place where you're in control of your health and energy and your life and making those memories. And, and that's why I put the guarantee on it. Cause like, if it doesn't work for you, I don't want your money. I, I made this to help as many people as possible. And that's also why you'll notice, you know, you'd expect a course like this that might cost 500 to a thousand dollars. I want to help people with this. And that's why I got the price all the way down to 97 bucks and it's fully guaranteed. And best of all, it's, it's fully proven. Like this is the real stuff that I use and I know it's going to work for you, but I want you to find out for yourself. So give it a try. That's all I'm asking you to do is just try it. Just try this shit for 30 days. If it doesn't work, write me, say, Anthony, fuck off. You know, Anthony, your shit sucks. Like we can go blast battery reviews on the internet or whatever, do whatever you want. I just want you to try it. Give it a fair try. Cause I know if you do, I know this is going to work for you. I love it.
That's great. All right. So, <laughs> that was a long tangent, but you see like the, the, the difference, you know, yeah, that, uh, totally, totally. It's, yeah. and it's not salesman. It's just, it's man to man. It's brother to brother. You know, it's, it's like finding a way to take the human element that a lot of us have naturally in like a face to face interaction and applying it to the written word or applying it to a VSL, whatever. That's great. Yep. I've never heard that before either. That's it, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, so, um, and that was the type of thing that Evan was encouraging me to do, you know? So I've, I've talked about three of the four steps to mastering any skill. Now we've talked about immersion. We've talked about application. We're talking about men- mentorship. And now the last one is time. And this one's simple. I feel like if you do the first three things for a good amount of time, you're going to master the fucking skill. I think it's impossible not to, you know? Now, some skills are going to take longer than others, and with some people, it's going to take longer than others, but if you've got your, your mindset and you're immersed, you're applying, and you have that mentor, you then put the time in, and you're going to become a master of said skill. Where do you see people screwing up with step four? Is it, is it they give up too soon? Absolutely. Giving up too soon or not being honest with themselves about how serious they are about the first three, you know, not being honest about themselves about how much they're actually doing it, putting in the application of the practice, you know, not being honest about themselves about like having a mentor or, or uh, how immersed they actually are in it, you know, just kind of going about it half past. Very cool. I love it, man. So for Craig, Craig Clemens, four steps to master any skill, immersion, application, mentorship, time. There it is. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. How, as you've gone on this journey, how has like your approach to say a daily routine shifted? Did you have one when you yeah. with Eben? Do you have one now? What is it? Yeah. So, so I, I mentioned before, there's something I figured out that gets me in that focus zone where I'm doing the, the most application, the most output. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm such a screw off by nature that I have to self manage like hardcore, you know, and the best way I've figured out how to do it is uh, something that's called the Pomodoro technique. And, I first found out about this from one of the greatest writers of all time. His name is Eugene Schwartz. And actually, I don't know how common this is. Anthony, have you heard of the Pomodoro Technique before? I have. I've heard of Eugene Schwartz. I've never heard of the Pomodoro Technique. Oh, okay, cool. So it's named after Pomodoro is Italian word for tomato. And it's named after a, uh, a tomato timer. All right. And the, the way the technique works is this. You set a timer for 33 minutes. All right. And while that timer is on, you are just focused on your task at hand. The internet is turned off. Your cell phone is turned off. There's, uh, you know, if you work in an office, you have the do not disturb sign on your door and you are just working focused for 33 minutes on and you're not allowed to do anything else. Now, Eugene Schwartz says you are allowed to sit there and do nothing. You are allowed to, you know, uh, brainstorm and shit like that, but you're not allowed to go surf the internet. You're not allowed to go pick up another book. You're not allowed to get out of your chair. You can either sit there and do nothing or you can work right, for the 33 minutes. And then after the 33 minutes are off, you set another timer for six minutes. That's your break. During that break, you can check your email. You can check your Instagram likes. You can go uh, 
you know, uh, take the dog out for a pee or squeeze your significant other or whatever, but you can't work during the six minutes. You're not allowed to work or think about the work. And he actually recommends on the 33 minutes that you would you stop. If you can stop in the middle of a sentence, that's actually a good thing because then you have an exact starting point when you turn uh, back on the, the work timer. And during the six minutes, here's what I recommend, what I've found works for me is doing something physical. So have you been to Tony Robbins program? Oh yeah. Like you. All right. So I went to one. I blew my mind. I unleashed the power. And Tony's got you like jumping out of your seat and doing all this physical shit. And like, it's a like, I go to seminars and like, I went to a marketing seminar back in the day and it was one of the most interesting seminars I'd ever been to in my life. And I was falling asleep during it. And it's just because it's hard to take in information in a classroom setting in a long period of time. But Tony's seminar is like fucking 12 hours or something like that. And I was engaged the whole time. And I think it's because like every 30 minutes or something like that, he has you stand up and dance or shout or scream or fucking jump up and down, you know? So I was uh, thinking about this. I was like, how could I apply this to my writing? So now I'll do 33 minutes on a work, six minutes off. And then in my home office and here at my, like our corporate office too, We've got like hanging rings or we've got like a, uh, one of those uh, attack bikes like this, uh, uh, you know, for like intense bike biking and, and or I'll just jump down and do a set of sit ups or uh, air squats or push ups. Do some kind of physical activity. You know, a max set of push ups is perfect or, or a set of like, a, you know, even 25 or 50 air squats. Yeah. And then it gets some blood going through your body, man. It's like way more powerful than just being a fucking uh droid like sitting there you know on, on uh the the digital connection mode you know it gets you back in your body and i believe that blood flowing through the brain is what produces some of your best ideas insights and creative breakthroughs oh yeah man it, it, it's amazing like the morning workout I'll, I'll i'll wake up and sometimes my mind will feel like a blank canvas I don't mean that in a good way. I mean, just like z zero thoughts going on. And then all of a sudden I go out and I start moving. I'm do doing a jog or, or something. And all of a sudden like the thoughts start coming and you're getting these ideas for things that like will be a breakthrough in your business. Um, I think you're dead on with, with it has to do with the amount of blood circulating through your brain and how much oxygen you're taking in. Oh yeah, man. I mean, we weren't meant to sit in these fucking chairs all day. You know, it's like you talk about in your book, like the best thing you can do is get back to what was natural for human beings. Right. And it wasn't sitting at a desk. You know, I, I know a lot of people in my office work on the standing desks. I haven't gone over to one yet, but, um, that's what I do. My, my hack for myself is, yeah, I, I, so I'll commit to an amount of 33 minute sessions in a day. You know, I'll be like, I'm going to do six of these sessions, you know? So that's about three hours of writing work. And then during the six minutes off, I'll do sit-ups, push-ups. I, I, I got a whole setup at my house now. I even got battle ropes right outside of my office. I go to the battle ropes. Oh, I got like a fucking rack to do uh, um, uh, dips, you know, uh, and just really getting that. into the little different things I can do. That is yeah. Yeah. And here at the, at the Golden Hippo office, we've got a CrossFit gym downstairs a legit big crossfit gym we have crossfit games among the employees you know we've got two classes a day in the morning so people can come in and get that workout in with showers afterwards you know and then upstairs which is where most of the people work all day long we've got a little section upstairs too with the hanging rings and the bike and like you know some push-up accessories and stuff so you can just go over there and, and get your pump on and actually you know we got our, our partner's office for the owners 
And, you know, the owner's office, you can kind of like, you can, I mean, it's your office, you can build whatever you want. Right. So like, of course, we, you know, we got our own bathroom in there so we don't have to run out to go to the bathroom. We also got a set of hanging rings. So if we, <laughs> if we, so we don't even have to walk across the office it's to jump on the rings and do some hanging pull-ups uh, or, uh, you know, just, just to hang in there to get some good back stretching in. Oh, that's badass. I love it. Do you, do you do any of the UPW stuff like in your office or during those six minute breaks? Do you make your move or jump around and scream or is it more the, the, the things you mentioned? You know, I have not, but that sounds like a pretty damn good idea. <laughs> I've occasionally, I've occasionally thrown in my move on, uh, you know, like when I'm, when I'm out for a run or something and, and there's the smallest amount of people who could think I've lost my mind, uh, in, in the surrounding area. <laughs> That's great. You, uh, th th I'm loving this. You mentioned earlier that you had a second breakthrough that was pretty substantial. What was that? What can yeah. Okay, so the second breakthrough um, required uh, me uh, getting knocked off my horse a little bit. So uh, when you, so early twenties, got fortunate. I got a great mentor. I did those four things without knowing what they were. I got uh, quite good at copywriting and marketing. Started a business later with my uh, two brothers, another business partner. We became quite successful. Flash forward, I'm 31 or 32. I'm living on the uh, high on the hog, you know, making good income. Uh, I've got a hot girlfriend uh, traveling the world, you know, I'm on like I was on Necker Island and then uh, ended up in uh, Saint-Tropez and then, uh, you know, just just uh, getting kind of big from my britches. Right. And then I uh, during that summer, I took a trip. Um, to Odessa in the Ukraine, and the the uh, you know to go and and hit do some uh, big partying with some of my friends that I had uh, that lived in Europe. You know, we all met and got this house in the Ukraine. And what I refused to admit to myself at the time, or I, I guess I kind of knew it, but I refused to face it, is that I had a crazy binge drinking problem. I could not touch alcohol without blacking out. Um, I mean, more or less, you know, I would, and I was, I mean, I was going out a lot. I was probably going out four nights a week, down from six when I lived in San Diego, but I was probably going out four nights a week and I was probably blacking out, no bullshit, two of those nights. So go out in the Ukraine and it was my last night out in Europe and, um, None of my friends wanted to come out to the club with me because they were there like longer. So they didn't have the urgency to go out. And I was like, oh, it's my last night in Europe. I have to go out tonight. So I went out with the guy who uh, had rented us the house who was from Ukraine. And he and I went to this club. It's called Club Ibiza in Ukraine. It's this huge, massive place. And I started drinking like usual Red Bull vodkas. I'm like probably 10 deep. Um, it's like four in the morning. And some dude comes up to me, it's like 19 year old, well-dressed kid. And he's like, man, I've been watching you with the ladies. He's, he's like a Ukrainian kid, local kid. He's like, man, you're a legend. And I, you know, at this point in my life, I was the last to deny I was a legend. Right. So I was like, Oh, thanks man. Let's do a shot. You know? So we go to the bar, get us some shots of Patron. Boom. You know, like, let's go meet some girls together, you know? So we're going around the club 
talking to some girls, you know, pretty soon it's 6 a.m. We've had a few more shots. The sun's starting to come out. And he's like, uh, let's go to an after party. I'll take you, you know, to where we go to the next party. And, you know, at this point in my life, I was not one to turn down an after party. So I was like, let's go. So we walk off the main strip and there's this big parking lot where all the, you know, people would park for the club. And there's like these four guys hanging out at a car. And we walk up and he's like, these are my friends. And I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? And they grab me. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, uh, and I, I go to move to like try to grow and they like grab a little tighter. And I'm just like, fucking start like trying to throw some punches. And I get uh, get out of their grips, take like two steps, I fall flat on my face. They jump on top of me, land a couple shots to my head, grab me. Uh, and then all four of them are around me, and I'm realizing I'm not going anywhere. And they put me in the backseat of a car. And I got a guy on each side, two guys in the front, and we start driving. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So, yeah. Um, this, this is, yeah, this is not a good scene. Um, this, I remember, this is like the first time in my life I just, I just felt my stomach drop to the floor. I was like, I, mean, I am. Did you think you were gonna, you were going to lose your life? I didn't know what was going to happen. And the most embarrassing part to me is that like, I was too drunk to know what was going to happen uh, or to even like, I can't even. So what I'm about to tell you now from what happens next is a little blurry. Yeah. So I do remember that the guy I went out with that night, his name was Eugene. And I said to the guys, I was like, Hey guys, I'm in, that had me in the car. I was like, I'm not, just some tourist. I am here with local friends. I was like, you can call them. And I pulled out my phone and I hit Eugene and the guy in the shotgun grabs it. And he starts talking to Eugene in Russian. And I couldn't understand what was going on. And then later I talked to Eugene because I'm obviously still alive. And he said that the guy asked him, Hey, we have your friend Craig. We're going to give him a ride home. Uh, what's your address? And by the way, do you know Craig from New York? Because Eugene actually lived in New York, but he was from UK originally. Or, or do you know him uh, or, or, uh, from here in Odessa? Like trying to feel out if I was a tourist or not, because they, like I think, can tell that Eugene like worked there or whatever. And Eugene said that he told them, oh, I know him from New York. And then the guy just hung up the phone. Like, this guy's a fucking tourist, right? <laughs> Wrong so, I didn't know what he was from. And then Eugene called back my phone. He felt something was weird. He called back the phone a couple times and no answer. And uh, then the third time he called back, it just went straight to the voicemail. So the phone was just dead. So the guys had turned it off. The next thing I remember, I'm like on this hill. And my phone is gone. My I have my wallet, but there's no money in it. And... I'm like, my face is all bloody and shit. And I'm just like, uh, I look down and I see like the nightclubs are down like way below. I'm like, I'm in like a neighborhood way above the nightclubs. And what I'm pretty sure happened is I said, Hey, keep my phone. Here's, here's my money. I think I had like 400 euros on me or something like that. Like I'm not a tourist order, but just, just let me go. You keep the phone and keep the money. And I think based on the fact that now they knew that there would be at least like one person looking for me and they had gotten something out of it. I think they just like said that was it and just let me go. So I walked down 
to where the clubs were. And I like by the time it's like, it's like daylight, like real daylight. And I just was going up and down the street trying to find someone that speaks English. I was like, Hey, can you walk me home? I knew my address, but I didn't have any money to get a car. And I find, and I, I was like, I have money at the house. If you can bring me to my house, I have money at the house. And I've got someone to agree to walk me home. And we walk, it took an hour and a half to walk home. Um, and then I got some money from one of the guys at the house and I gave it to this guy and I just like, uh, fucking went to sleep and woke up the next day and I just like was a mess. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, my girlfriend broke up with me. She realized I was a fucking maniac, which was true. Um, and I, uh, you know, obviously almost lost my life. Um, and I got home and I, uh, was just like, I was devastated most by the breakup actually. Cause I really was in love with this girl. And then, um, there was a friend who was like a, uh, it was like an older brother to me is coaching me kind of like about the breakup. And he's like, man, like, you know, sucks what happened with a girl, but like, maybe this is a wake up call. Cause like, you know, we all, we, your friends know this. And I think you know this, but like you have a drinking problem. And like, no one had actually ever said that to me before. I was like, fuck, you're right. I'm like, what do I do? And he's like, well, I recommend you take 60 days off. And, uh, you know, no alcohol. And I was like, well, do I have to quit drinking forever? And he's like, well, see if you can do the 60 days. If you can do the 60 days, then maybe you could have like wine or, you know, some drinking once in a while. If you can't get through the 60 days, then I've coached a lot of alcoholics. You probably have a real problem and you should probably go to AA. I was like, fuck. All right, let's, let's go. 60 days, fucking samurai sword. You know, chop through this shit, right? So I made it through the 60 days and it was a trip, you know, and I think 60 days was really important because, uh, since then I had, I like cut in the years following, I did like 30 day, no alcohol challenges. And at the 30 days, you can see the end of the rainbow. So you're kind of like, Oh, I only got 20 days left, you know, but 60 days, like after a week, you're like, fuck, I got like 53 days left. It's so far. You actually have to learn to adjust your behavior. So, uh, I did so. And I, I learned to survive without drinking. And, and after the 60 days, I wasn't like perfect, uh, like, drinker from then on it took me probably three years after that to get to the point where i could control my alcohol and now i'm good and i can go have wine or beers or whatever i quit drinking hard alcohol because that's a, a bad news uh blast waiting to happen for me but i can i can have glasses of wine with dinner or whatever i'm good now but it took me a long time it wasn't instant instant fix but that 60 days made a big difference so on my birthday a couple of years ago, I wrote a blog and I told that story for the first time in public about the kidnapping and I encourage people to go on a 60-day challenge for themselves. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's, free, it's no social media, maybe it's like eating good for 60 days, maybe it's 60 days of uh, you know, practicing gratitude or, or whatever it is, you know, pick your own thing. And since then I've had you know, a lot of people take this 60-day challenge, of, uh, I call it 60 days of excellence, and make big improvements in their life. So it's been awesome to see people grab that and run with it and, and, uh, and do that. And I encourage anyone, if you have something you want to work on, do this 60-day challenge. Just pick one thing. And if it is alcohol, I recommend going dry for 60 days. I don't recommend just like kicking the hard alcohol, you know, because that's, that's a, a very powerful demon right there. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a, a nice recipe for, for lasting change. Did anything have to shift in your mindset to make that feasible? Like the way that you looked at alcohol or what you were using alcohol for and you had to find another way to 
to meet that need? Like what was the biggest mindset shift that made you able to do 60 days or at least to like reshape your like association with alcohol? Yeah. Well, I just barreled through it. (laughs) Yeah. I know what you're asking and I believe that is an efficient way to get to the root cause with so I'm sure there was something else driving that shit, you know, and I have had a personal coach for about five years, a woman named Ariana Hall, who's amazing. And I'm sure working with her had a lot to do with it. I can't identify a specific, uh, like, hole that I was trying to fill with the alcohol, but I, I like agree that that is usually what causes it with this. I was like doing personal coaching, just general, which I do recommend for everybody. And then just fighting the symptom head on and finally made the progress. Uh, I did, I had to, I used to smoke back in the day too. I quit smoking in 2010 cold Turkey. And it was just, just a battle between me and the nicotine, you know, that I, I fortunately won that one a lot easier than the alcohol. Um, that when I was able to quit cold Turkey and I only had, uh, about 30 days later, I, I had a cigarette one and I started coughing and I stopped and that was the last cigarette I ever had. But, so. so that, you know, was a wake up call that I was comparing myself to everybody else and not myself, not my own potential. And I was like, Oh, you know, I like, like I make like more money than like, like these dudes, you know? So like I'm fucking rich, but like, actually like I was not even like hitting my own potential, you know, like I was, I was like, same with like being in shape or like personal development and all that stuff. You know, I was just like, I fell into the trap of comparing myself to a bunch of other people. And that is a recipe for disaster and also unhappiness. Cause there's always gonna be someone richer, better looking, uh, more, uh, you know, successful in business or, uh, you know, has a, uh, like what looks like on paper to be a hotter girlfriend than you're whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, it's just, just bullshit at is a, a trap for low self-esteem and, um, uh, stunting your own growth. So I started really thinking about like, what could I be doing different? You know, I started running around this time, which I'd never really done before. I picked that up and eventually got to the point where I ran a half marathon. And, and, uh, then I started like, like looking at my business and thinking like, um, you know, you know, what could I what, like really do to take this to the next level and make not just more money, but more impact on the world and, and you know, really start uh, focusing on the, at that time we had a small team and I started like really getting, like trying to be the mentor that Eben was to me, to the folks in the team and, and building that out, you know, and uh, I wrote an article on a lot of the things I'd started doing at that point. Actually, if you, if anyone Googles my name and the website next shark, um, I have a nice clickbait headline on there. It's called how to increase your income by 10 X in four years. But uh, really it shows my, my personal productivity hacks that I started doing at that point uh, that allowed me to get to where I am now, which I consider to be a lot further along than I was uh, back then a slave to the uh, booze and uh, um, uh, comparisons to everyone else, you know, now I'm, I'm doing this for me and I'm doing this for the impact that I've been able uh, to fortunately make on the world through my business uh, where I get to partner with some of the world's top doctors and help them get their ideas out there. And through some of the stuff I've been doing myself where I've been, you know, putting out more videos and articles and, and advice trying to help people 
that are facing their own struggles or maybe found that the school system wasn't for them and are looking for a better way to find success in their business and personal life. So I've you know, started crafting uh, a book around that and have just been like going big the last uh, month or so and uh, on letting, letting loose uh, what I figured out. And when you asked me to do this podcast, I was super excited and flattered because like, you know, I, I'm uh, a fan of yours, uh, one, and, and the stuff you're doing is definitely on the next level. And uh, it was uh, uh, also a nice, like, sign to me that I was doing something right and was on the right path, you know. So thank you for, for inviting me on here. Well, th- thank you for, for being here. I mean, I, we'll talk about some of the brands that you're behind, but, I mean, I've, I've used a number of those products before you and I even really connected. Um, the, the Gundry reds and the, um, the polyphenol face serum. I mean, those have been fantastic, especially with like how much sun my girlfriend and I get. Um, and, and I, you know, I'd like to talk about some of the brands that you're most proud of. Um, but what would you say is the one shift in terms of your health that's had the biggest impact on your productivity? You mentioned that you started running. Is it that? Was it something else? What did you keep that you're like, I need this to be the best version of myself? Yeah, you know, the biggest impact thing for me actually is the intermittent fasting. Nice. Okay. And cool. I'm sure people probably up there familiar with that, but uh, just eating during that eight hour day period. I don't do the exact eight hours every day, but, you know, sometimes it's a 10 hour period, sometimes it's eight, but that just uh, keeps my system like on point, you know, I get, it makes sure I get the right amount of food and it's, it's been fantastic for me. Very cool. Very cool. And, and, and what is it that like, well, actually one more question, because you've mentioned kind of like the clickbait, clickbait headline that was in your article. And we talked about how you'd followed some of the more formulaic direct marketing stuff. And Eben was like, come on, you're better than this. What are your thoughts on direct marketing and like the people listening that have businesses and are using that stuff, do you think it's still applicable as best practice or do you think it's kind of grown stale because it's now like everywhere, like how to this without this, if this, then this, you know what I mean? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all amateur shit that you see out there, you know? And like, this clickbait headline, I, you know, I mean, it, this like, it, it's, uh, it's a pro- that article is a productivity article, but you got to know what people want. You got to know the candy to get people in, right? So like when I worked with Eben, the people would all come in for the pickup lines for the dating advice, and then they'd stay for the self-confidence and inner game stuff, which is what is really needed if you want to have a successful dating life and find a great girl for you, you know? So with that productivity advice, that, that headline of the income, people are coming in for the income, but then they're sticking around for the seven productivity and success hacks I put in there, you know? So uh, that's, that's where it is, you know? And like, if you do it in a non cheesy way, the uh, uh, products and, and, and stuff like will be positioned to sell themselves. So I think one of the best direct-to-consumer marketers of all time is Elon Musk. So if you think about Tesla, is direct-to-consumer, right? And 
people come in for all the little like, you know, bells and whistles and like, you know, it's electric and it's the fastest car on the road and it looks like a spaceship and, and all that, you know, but like they stick around for the safety and that's the, like the logical reasons behind it. And the like, you know, nice feel the drive and like the, you know, of course the, the, uh, um, sense that you're like part of this bigger mission of like moving the world forward towards this new technology. That's like, you know, getting, uh, off of the power grid and away from, uh, you know, dirty energy sources and into clean energy, you know, you're part of this big picture. Right. And like, that's all, all, uh, marketing, but it's also all true. So I believe that when you design products in advance that do great things, then you're just telling a product story and it's no longer marketing. You're just telling the story. So like with Dr. Gundry's stuff, you know, there, uh, we, I, uh, for those who just who aren't familiar, uh, Dr. Stephen Gundry is one of the world's top heart surgeons. You know, he's a, a fellow of the American Heart Association, a, a former president of the Desert Chapter, and has invented devices used in 90% of all heart surgeries. Tony Robbins, personal doctor, just like has done it all. And when he would get approached to do nutritional supplements in the past. Everyone would be like, Hey, Dr. Gunnery, can you put your name on this supplement we created? And be like, no, like it's got these bad ingredients in it, you know, or, uh, they would like want him to just like sell out and like start recommending something. And I was the first person that went, uh, approached him and was like, Hey, do you want to design something from the ground up with everything that you feel should be in supplements, stuff that people are missing out in their diets every day. And if there's an ingredient or anything like that, that's like, even in the box, you know, the packaging that you don't like, we're going to get rid of it. And he was all over that. And so we got to bring his three decades of experience in heart surgery. And then actually the amazing thing about Dr. Gundry is he realized um, after, uh, you know, basically being one of the pioneers of, of heart surgery, you know, with uh, uh, he was the first guy to use robots in heart surgery and like, it's just done all this amazing stuff. He realized he could make more impact helping people before they got to the operating table. So he resigned from his position as chairman of Loma Linda University uh, Medical Center and started his own practice, the Center for Restorative Medicine, where he was helping heal folks with nutrition. So he has this such a great story and so much innovation and, and uh, you know, things to get out in the world through what he's discovered. And, and we just tell that story. We don't like you know, you have to use like, you know, oh, this thing is going to make you jump eight feet high, you know, after you take it like 30 seconds after, you know, or like, you know, lose 40, 50 pounds in two weeks. No, it's like, this is, you know, where you're at, you know, y'all start with a prospect, right? Like, Hey, are you, are you feeling fatigued? Are you feeling like you need extra cups of coffee to get through your day or just, uh, you know, not having the energy that you used to have? Uh, well, this is Dr. Gundry, and he went through the same shit himself. He was actually, he, he was a heart surgeon and found himself 70 pounds overweight because he knew how to fix the problems at the, at the end when it would cause a heart attack, but he didn't know how to stop the root causes, and then he figured out how to do that, you know? Yeah. So we just tell the story. This is Dr. Gundry. This is what he went through. This is what helped him with these discoveries. We told patient stories, and, you know, this is what led him to create this groundbreaking nutritional supplement line that has a lot of the things in it that our ancestors from way back tens and hundreds of thousands of years ago used to get in their diets when they were hunter gathering and, you know, eating these dark berries and, and olives and things with high polyphenol content, these energy nutrients. 
that are just like bread out of the American diet today, even bread out of the fruits, you know, I mean, as you know, Anthony, like fruits, no like invented, they right? take peaches, they'll get the, they'll get like the peach that's sweeter. The peach that isn't as sweet doesn't get bread by the growers, you know, they keep right. breeding the ones that have the most uh, uh, glucose in them, you know? So like, that's just one example, but the Americans diet is a, is a out to kill you, you know? So we just tell these, tell the true facts and people really resonate with that. I love it. I love it. Craig, let's say we'll, we'll go a little bit dark here just for the purpose of uh, an interesting question. And I'm curious to hear your response. If you were to leave the world today, what part of your legacy would you be most proud of? What are you leaving behind here that, that really defines you or that you feel has, it is or will have a huge impact on humanity? You know, I, I have some struggles with this one because I have this book I want to write. And, and if I don't finish that before I uh, get uh, uh, asked to come visit the man upstairs, I'm going to, I'm going to be pretty upset with myself, but uh, you know, I, I'm really passionate about our products and, and, and the uh, life-changing nutritional supplements, things like that we've created. Um, but what I really like want to get out in the world is that if you are a good person and you approach things from a good place and you look for ways of doing things that are, are innovative, you can make your own path in life and it can be very fulfilling to not just you, but you can bring everyone else up with you. And that's kind of what my book is about. I got the table of contents almost finished. <laughs> you know, and I, I promised four hours a week dedicated to this book. Now I just made a commitment to everyone that follows me on the social media and then to myself and my, family. I'm making it to you now, Anthony, four hours a week on this book till it's done. But I want to pass on some of these things that I've discovered that I think uh, are ways to put yourself where opportunity comes to you. And the working title of my book is, is The Art of Making Luck. And in it, I share these principles I've figured out that when you do these things and you do them from, from the right place, you're going to have opportunities unfold for you and be able to create things that you would have never imagined. So that's, that's what uh, I'm going for. And I hope when you ask me this again in, in a year from now, I'm going to be able to just hold up the book and say, this is it. I love it. I love it. Well, how about this? If, if you're done with the book a year from now or sooner, I'll do everything in my power to get it out to our list, every single channel and reach that we have. Um, the only caveat is that's, that's the timeline. So you can do it in a year. You All do right. that, and All right. I'll, I'll hustle just as added incentive to get it out there to as many people as possible. I like that, man. Yes. I like that. Very man. Cool. I'm in. I'm awesome. In. Awesome. Craig, this, is, this has been a lot of fun. Two last questions that are real quick. 
for people that want to check out some of the things that you've helped create, maybe some of the stuff with, with Dr. Gundry, possibly Beverly Hills MD, where would be the best place for them to start? Yeah. GundryMD.com is the name of that uh, brand. And he, Gundry's got an amazing YouTube channel as well. I mean, he's the, the top doc when it comes to this, uh, this stuff, man. He's, he's really, really innovative. Um, especially if, if you're looking, uh, he's the top doc for those who have had problems that they haven't been able to find solutions from anywhere else. You know, I highly recommend checking out his stuff. Um, another, uh, yeah, Beverly Hills MD is a, is a brand that I created with, uh, two cosmetic surgeons who are at the top of their game in Beverly Hills. And that's beverlyhillsmd.com. And these guys are just fantastic. I mean, I, you know, use the products every day myself. Uh, I'm actually 63 years old. I don't know if you can tell, uh, you know, that, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've created a really great line. And these, these guys are just, uh, you know, steps above the rest when it comes to anti-aging and, and things you can do at home to keep yourself looking young and fresh. And, and so very proud of the, the products we've created there. Um, both of those those products, the, both those brands have, have products in the hands of, of uh, over a million people, which is really exciting. Uh, so yeah, those are those are two examples of, of brands I've created that that people can check out at home. Uh, got a few more things coming up in the pipeline that I you know and so, uh, around out there that uh, you know I'm sure will be uh, more known about in the in the coming months. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm just feeling so grateful. Um, and, and uh, you know that that I and really it's like it's because I get to go to work with this amazing team that we built here at Golden Hippo every day uh, that has been able to work with these doctors and bring their life changing knowledge out into the world. You know the, the the team that we've have here is just fantastic, and nothing gives me more satisfaction than getting worked with the amazing team every day. And I mean they're the they're the folks that built this stuff. You know I'm just uh, I'm just making a couple of connections here and there, and then I. I uh, uh, help our team of writers. I do mostly mentoring these days when it comes to the writing. I'm just mentoring the guys and, and looking over their shoulder and being what Evan was for me, you know? So they're the, the ones that are telling Dr. Gundry's story and telling the story of Dr. Lakey and Dr. Daniel Poor. And uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting. That is, that is really exciting. And for people that want to stay up to date with the things that you guys are putting out at Golden Hippo um, or things that you're working on with the, you know, the art of making luck, where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah. Oh, and I got to mention one more, one more. I guess this one's out of the bag now, but it's super ex exciting is we just launched a brand with uh, the actress Maggie Q, who's on the show Designated Survivor and her doctor uh, Dr. Edison DeMello, who has a center here in Santa Monica called the Akasha Center. And this one is is super exciting. I mean, Maggie is so passionate and so knowledgeable. She's more knowledgeable than the doctors I meet every day when it comes to uh, health and especially gut health. You know, so some of these gut health formulas we put out with that brand. It's called Activated You. You can check that one out at activatedyou.com. And, uh, that, that, that's been really exciting to see that come together. It's still in a kind of the early stages, you know, still getting the, the uh, product line together, but it's, it's out now into the world and it's, uh, it's, it's going uphill from here. So yeah. So, cool. and so if people want to check me out personal and see some more of my, uh, productivity advice and, and things like that, that can hopefully help people get from, from, you know, up to, uh, make the next breakthrough in their own life. 
uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram. It's Craig R. Clemens. And then I have a, a Facebook page as well. And I just started a blog on Medium that I need to put some more articles on. But I would say in, go to the Instagram first, and then uh, I'll be announcing when my website is up and, and uh, updates on the book that's going to be done in a year at, at, at uh, the late longest. So, yeah. Love it, love it. I'm excited for, for you to come tapping on my shoulder and uh, tell me it's tell me it's done at or before. Uh, I don't know what the date is today, August 8th, 9th, <laughs> 2018. Yeah. Um, yeah. Craig, thank you so much, man. This has been a lot of fun hanging out. I know your time is valuable and I appreciate you uh, sharing your nuggets of wisdom with the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you're up for it, we'll we'll have to do another one in the near future, maybe when that book is is ready for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. This episode is brought to you by the Earth Pulse PEMF Sleep on Command device. If you're looking for better sleep, enhanced mitochondrial function, improved performance, and accelerated recovery, I highly recommend you check out the Earth Pulse. Within the first week of sleeping on my Earth Pulse, I was seeing improved exercise performance, delayed onset of fatigue, I noticed more energy during my workouts, and I was able to break the three-minute mark on a static breath hold. I now sleep on my Earth Pulse PEMF, which stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field device every single night. I have the one that has two coils, one goes under your pillow, one goes under your mattress, and I take it with me when I travel. I don't leave home without it. Every time I use my Earth Pulse, I wake up feeling clearer, calmer, and more energized. And I can tell the difference if I skip using it for a few nights. What's even cooler is it's incredibly easy to use. I just put it in manual mode, set it to 9.6 hertz, and about 15 minutes before my alarm is going to go off. And that's it. It's very easy, just a couple buttons, and the performance-enhancing benefits are profound. To learn more about the Earth Pulse and check out some of the scientific literature, you can go to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash Earth Pulse. That's biohackingsecrets.com forward slash E-A-R-T-H-P-U-L-S-E.